The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Selling, selling a high and buying low is always great. But so is buying high at times if you buy into the player in question. We're going to talk about that with my guest, Bubba, also which you can find on uh, Casey Bubba on Twitter. You can find on his various outlets. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here uh, with Brian and Trankin, also known as Casey Bubba, as you know, and seven thousand different outlets because fancy uh, baseball world is the hustle economy. Bubba, what's going on? How you doing, my friend? I am doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Always great to, to chat with you. Uh, already looking forward to November when we can meet up and golf again. So we'll talk some baseball for the time being. Maybe it'll be warmer next year when we play. I, I blame the rain and the, the cold. That's why I played badly. Even though yeah. Brian Bloomfield shot his head out there and just was yeah. so good that day. Uh, we, we don't, we don't, he never brings that up on our show ever. Never, or never talks about it. It no. never comes up, I imagine. And I was so lucky that day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All exactly. Right. Yeah. How, how many times can you be lucky in one day? I guess yeah. a lot. <laughs> we have a lot of headlines to talk about. Uh, but we're going to start off with our lead topic, which is buying high. And uh, you, if you uh, saw the tweet that went out, uh, our cover boy is Jared Kelnick. Uh, who is off to a, a very nice start. So let's talk about, first of all, the concept of buying high. So it's easy to buy low, sell high if someone if you get the right deal in place there, but buying high is really important in trading leagues. When you when you get the beat on a player and you, you believe him to be real, and he is real the rest of the year, you can gain so much. Yeah, it's, and it's a tricky uh, fine line, I guess. And you'll probably be wrong more than you're right in the buy high department, but it's, it's a fun concept because... Some people will, uh, you know, think they're overachieving and will try to sell in that scenario. And that's the time to obviously buy high, like a Jared Kalanick that we'll talk about, or, you know, Pablo Lopez, or there's, there's a bunch of players here and there. And it's, when do you buy in? Is it a hot streak? Is it a real change? Um, mm-hmm. With so many great uh, minds out there, statistics these days, we can kind of get a better idea if, hey, this is actually for real. We see like Yandy Diaz, this launch angle is a real thing. Like he's really doing this now. Things yeah. of those, uh, that nature that kind of makes it a bit of a difference for us. That's a name I want to talk about here when we when we get going on this there. But And the whole idea is if you, you're buying high theoretically, but you're really buying low. Um, yes. it, it, it's... 
It's like Michael Scott. Let me tell you my weaknesses by telling you my strengths. Exactly. I work too hard. I care too much. You know, he hits, he pulls the ball too much into the stands. Yes. That's what we're talking about here. Let's talk Jared Kelnick. Had a great spring. It was a topic you know, of, of, he did have some draft helium, but it wasn't crazy draft helium. Uh, those who have drafted him so far are pretty happy with their purchase. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it, it just goes to show the, the typical line that prospect growth isn't linear. Like we all mm-hmm. wanted Jared, Jared Kalanick to be the guy. He, like when the uh, the Mets traded him for Edwin Diaz, everyone thought the Mariners just robbed them blind of this scenario. And um, it turned out Robinson Cano was the biggest part the Mariners had for a long time. Go go figure. Yeah. But uh, Kalanick's finally being that guy. And it just takes time to make it happen. We're seeing his plate discipline has, has improved quite a bit. He's walking over 10% right now. I got, when I do my articles, it's like guys that were hot this past week. Can we buy into this type scenario? Last week alone, he walked almost 14% of the time. Like these are big wow, improvements. Man. We saw his strikeout rate so dropped almost 10% just from last year, which these are like little things. But for a young player, he's still only 23 years old. Like we got to remember that he's still super young. Uh, Jeff, you and I have been doing this for a while that it used to be like 27, 28. We're hoping for breakouts. Now we're like all over the moon. If a guy has to do it by 22 or he's no good, like we, we expect the world right away. So a guy like Jared Kelnick, we're seeing the the proper improvements in his game. And it just every every stat you want to look at is his barrel rates up. His hard hit rates over 54 percent right now. Like he's doing everything you'd hope for and more. And they're playing them versus lefties. And that's a big thing that I looked at because it's not just a platoon situation. They want Jared Kellenick in the batting sixth in that lineup pretty much every single day. And if the Mariners do, who are a very good offense and have options to platoon him with, that should give fantasy managers something to think about going forward. Like, hey, they want him. Maybe we should too. Only red flag I throw up is he's not getting it done in his own ballpark, which is kind of crazy. It is crazy. Well, Go I'll give a caveat there. I'll, I'll give a throwback there, and I might just be pure speculating. Then the, the uh, Northwest in April probably not the most conducive to hitting for power. Right. I'll well, that it, out there. it's not that crazy because it's a bad ballpark to hit in. Um, yeah. it's it's always has been, and it's always tough on lefties. I feel like too. Uh, and so he's got forty plate appearances at home, six sixty one OPS. That is that is problematic. I shouldn't say it's crazy. It's problematic. I think that's a better word. Uh, he's had 12 plate appearances against lefties. I want to see more, uh, but uh, so far so good as far as that goes because he has been getting he has been drawing walks against him, which we like. You know, if he can lay off that breaking pitch, which has always been his big problem, righties and lefties alike, you know, that would be wonderful. That'd be outstanding. So yeah, I'm loving what we're seeing. Uh, it's too early to kind of look at the X stats games, but he's in theory they're saying he's underachieving there even in the power departments. So it's uh. It, everything's pointing in the positive direction. So it's a guy that we've always hoped would have 25, 30 home run upside someday with a little bit of speed. Maybe if you can jump on that now, because some people, like you said, we're kind of buying low is people might think, you know, Hey, we got this guy that he's going to fall off a cliff again. Like he's done the last couple of years. I should trade him now while he's at his highest. Well, you could be trading for a guy that could be a potential top, you know, 30 outfielder by the end of the season. And that's pretty big. Right. So he was outfielder 44 in the main event. Average draft price was 187. It's a reasonable price, you know. It's you know in the in the early teens. Um, if you are if you're if you're looking at today, if someone offers you Chris Bryant for him, are you, you know, are, are you are are you taking that, or, or which which side of that coin would you rather be on? 
it's it's a, it's a fun coin because for any listeners of my show know I have been anti Chris Bryant for years. Yeah. Um, so I'll take Jared Kelnick in that one, but I will put the caveat: Bryant looks healthy right now, but he does have a back issue, which always concerns me. So I'll take Kelnick in that one. And happy Chris Bryant homering at Coors Field Day. Or the, Finally. Or week. Finally. Two of them this week already. Yep. Uh, okay. Recent, recently minted Ian Happ having a massive week. Just got a contract extension. Who, which side of that would you rather have? It's a good one as well. I'll still take Jared Kelnick. I will because I'm a believer in the ceiling of Jared Kelnick. Where Ian Happ, the question after Happ is, last year we saw the batting average Happ. The year before we saw the power Happ. Which one is he? Which one is he going to be? Yeah, um, I might take Hap on that one there. I, I really like I what like the it. Cubs are doing right now. Um, I think he's in the middle of a pretty good lineup. And now the contract question is settled too. You know, a lot of, you know, yeah. we saw what happened. You know, it, it, it plays differently for every player. Some people, ooh, contract year, got to get him. Sometimes you get Juan Soto turning down a contract. It's ruining him. I talked about that on Tuesday <laughs> yeah, it, and I did. There's always that the off the field thing we don't know about that affects mm-hmm. players too. Yeah, exactly uh nick castellanos he's supposed to be Ooh. fixed he's supposed to be fixed we all thought okay you're one of the contract the he's gonna be ready for year two great ballpark to hit in it still doesn't look great i'll take jared kelnick but uh because casty casty's a, a between the years guy and <laughs> i think you might be hearing too many voices right at this point in time kevin long's supposed to fix him this year I, I i was spreading that narrative uh so i'm, I'm a little to. wrong on that too i suppose but uh yeah, I, I, well, the, you know, Cassie hasn't even hit a homer yet, uh, yeah, which it's is crazy. Well, when you, no Hoskins, no Derek Hall, I mean, no Harper, obviously, that hurts. You need him to yep. step up, and he's not. Well, you wonder if it's something in Philadelphia because Schwarber's even off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. Real Muta just started get to go, and so maybe Philly's just that team's so good. I think when they start clicking, they're all going to click, and then just watch out. How about Tyler O'Neill? Down with his own manager is down on him, but you spent a top 25 outfield spot on him top 100 pick overall in the main event most likely i mean i think he had a max pick of 112 so uh but who do you want there tyler o'neill or jared kilnick man if i knew tyler o'neill would actually play every day i would take tyler o'neill in a heartbeat but uh between the manager and the platooning situations i'm going jared kilnick right now just because i know the playing times there and we talk about playing time being king so many times and when when uh new bar came back O'Neill was basically a platoon, a fourth outfielder, and he's playing versus lefties and the occasional fill-in spot off the bench when, you know, Walker or someone else needs a break. So I'm going Kelnick, and that really pains me to say. So I'll t- I'll take that as a buy-low for O'Neill. I think – 100%. Yes, I'm with you there. I, I think that there's going to be – it's going to get resolved one way or another. It might be Oliver Marmol getting fired for all we know. He should be. I mean, I don't know how Marmol handled that. You don't do that. Yeah, and the thing is, he he might not be wrong. I saw, I did see O'Neal slowing down around third base on that play, the play in question, which sparked the whole debate. And I think there was other stuff leading up to that, and it was kind of like a final straw that he is trying to kind of, you know, you know, he's trying to cover himself up a little bit there, trying to protect himself from getting hurt. But you know, he got a big play at the plate. But you just don't go blabbing to the media about it there, just throwing your player under the bus. That's what I had a problem with. 100%. 100%. Uh, you, you don't do that, especially this early in the season. I wouldn't do it, period, ever. But this early in the season, it's just a big no-no. So uh, they either need to trade O'Neal, trade some other out. They have, they have a, an embarrassment of riches. 
but they need to fix it because O'Neill is a talent that I was buying in on this year. We talk about like uh, last year's ADP compared to this year. You're getting a gift on a guy coming off a, a bad injury riddled season. Mm-hmm. I like the buy low aspect. It's just at this point in time, it's not fixed for me. Yeah, it's not fixed now, which is the why you can get it. You know, that that's yeah, why we're even, sure. you know, even talking about a just theoretical offer uh, there. But mm-hmm. uh, it is a theoretical offer. Uh, I was uh, soliciting uh, suggestions for uh, buy high. So let's go with a couple of players here that we could possibly do that with. Uh, we got a uh, ace of cards says uh, Anthony Volpe uh, still might get him at a decent price. Now, what I don't know what a decent price is right now, but you know, batting a little lower, but he is running wild on the base pass. Eight for eight, eight for eight going into today. He is running wild, and that that is the plus. He's not showing a whole lot else to be to be honest about it. He's played his best when he gets to lead off, but he's not leading off every day. So that's something that obviously the manager gets to decide. Mm-hmm. You just don't. I'm curious to see how it all plays out when um, the injured players return because you know they always have, already have Oswald Peraza up who yeah. uh, I think is actually a better – I've always been thinking he's better now, Volpe probably long-term. So I wouldn't be buying high on Volpe. We could even see him back in the minors before you know it. So I don't think we will right away, but he needs to be a little more consistent and a little power would be nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I was on Team Peraza in draft season, and I still hold him like in AL Talt Wars, a couple of leagues. Uh, I did cut him in the main when he got sent down. Um, and I, I don't regret that. You know, I held on to Beatty. I couldn't hold on to both. So I had to yeah. choose yeah, Peraza or Beatty, and it turns out they came back the same weekend. But um, you still, you look at Peraza, he's not playing every day yet. Uh, exactly. I, I I have one share of Volpe. It was the very last draft I did. It was totally a FOMO pick. Yeah. Sixth round and a 15-team mix uh, coming back. Uh, so, eh, yeah, uh, I, I'm getting all the stolen bases I want. So it, it's not he's not killing me. But I did the Volpe-Jordan-Walker combo there. I was like, oh, I got to get those guys. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if that's going to work out or not. We'll see. It's always fun, though. Yep. Uh, Adam Warner says, Josh Lowe and Nolan Gorman. Let's take Josh Lowe first on the Rays. Uh, flopped last year after being part of Favapalooza last year. Looking better this year. It's go funny. Go a little post-hype there. Very much post-hype. Uh, this is a big one. You know, Vlad Sedler, our friend, has been pounding the drums for Josh Lowe. Yeah. And he's playing regularly now. We're seeing the power there. His contact skills, if you you look at his zone contacts, just his overall swing rates, his co- overall contact rates, they're all going up. He's showing everything you want to see. He's got the power and speed that we've wanted from him in, in the minors that he's always produced. I'm a big fan of this. And and one of the caveats, and obviously Jose Siri's out and he's coming back soon, and that'll kind of mix things up a bit is the Rays love the platoon, and somehow he's not getting platooned right now where other guys are, and that's a promising, promising thing. So I am buying in on Josh Lowe. I think they're going to have to find – he's forcing their hand, and I like to see that from a young ballplayer. I do too. I do too. Um, It's just the Rays' ring is the thing that we worry about a little bit there just because they have so many options. Uh, But, man, he's he's really kind of busting down that door. Uh, Let's talk about his teammate there, Yandy Diaz. Launch angle – you know, he, he was the hard hit king, and now all of a sudden he's turning that into launch angle. It's ridiculous, Jeff, when you look at what he's done this year. Um, I wrote about him like two weeks ago, maybe, in the same column because I apologize to everybody. I was just like, prove it to me, and he's proved it to me already. I'm taking a quick L on this one because uh, it's impressive, the launch angle. He's up to an almost 15-degree launch angle, his career high 7.9. His barrel rate's up to 17% because he's not hitting the ball into the ground, like a 56% hard hit rate. Everything you want to see from Yanni Diaz, he's finally doing. He's still hitting for a decent batting average. 
It's legit to see that big of a gain, even if it reduces just a bit, that's still a gigantic gain from the past. So I think he's a great buy high. Um, I think Alex fast tweeted it out when Yandy hit his sixth summer of the year on Wednesday. Uh, he's eight away from his career high. I think he'll have that pretty soon. Wow. So yes, I'd buy into Yandy. Yeah. Uh, and you got him so cheap too. What a beautiful, yeah. if if you waited and waited and waited on third base, you still got Yandy and now he has first base eligibility to boot. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple more. Uh, we'll throw at you here. Uh, as, as, as far as that goes, as far as buy highs go, we went, we talked Tyler O'Neill. What about his teammate, Nolan Gorman? I love Nolan Gorman. I don't know who this individual is that mentioned these questions, but these are like two players I've, I've been really pounding the drum on in certain shows I've been doing. Nolan Gorman. And it's funny. They're all a lot of post hype guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gorman came up last year, kind of, you know, didn't really get it done. They were talking about the high strikeout rate. And all that good stuff, it's dropped a lot this year already. He's making a lot more contact. Um, the power's there. It's just everything you want to see in the development of a young ball player, Nolan Gorman is doing. And uh, I love to see it. And again, the Cardinals are a lot like the Rays in the idea that they have a lot of platoon options. Yet Nolan Gorman is not getting a platoon. The one thing I'll say, he kind of is, I guess, because he's not facing lefties a ton. That has been an issue with Nolan Gorman. But um, they've been still getting him out there when they can. And the second the lefty's out, he's back in the game. So yep. he's one of those late, late, like he hit the home run. I know it was a blowout against Mad Bum, but he went deep. So they're getting him in there. I love what I'm seeing from Nolan Gorman. And this is a guy that I'd be, I'd be buying as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, and the thing is, it's just the Cardinals just with their multitude of options. You know, Brendan Donovan didn't play the other day against Mad Bum. So, you know, which you're like, ah, you missed out on a Mad Bum game? Come on. <laughs> the Don't last one, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Certainly with Arizona, it's the last one. They've had enough yep. of that. Uh, so there, there's that action there, but, uh, that, that is definitely the tricky part there. Um, okay. I practiced what you preached and I bought high on Jorge Mateo, um, okay. got hurt yesterday. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, he's day to day with a knee issue. Uh, I mean a hip issue, excuse me. Um, we'll see if, uh, what happens with that, uh, with his, his issue, with the, the health there as far as that goes, but has Jorge Mateo turned a new leaf? I think he has. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, Mateo was strictly a stolen base guy. That's all we cared about with Mateo, you know, hit 220. We don't care. Mm-hmm. He's hitting for average now. The power, you know, it, it's, it, he's overachieving. I'll well, first admit that, you know, a 378 Babbitt is nuts. But in 2021, he had a 324 Babbitt. That's not insane. So you could still get like a 260, 270 average. It'll be a big drop from now. But I think the power is legit and he's on pace for like, I would say 45, 50 stolen bases, which is just nuts. Like the reason I was worried about Mateo out the gate is even in spring training, it didn't look like he had a full-time job. It was like all over the board on what was happening with him. Oh, he's locked in. He is locked into that position. Um, so I, I, I like your buy. Obviously, you can't predict injuries. We have hope the hip isn't serious because we need him to run. That is very important. Yeah. But I do like the changes we're seeing at the plate with him. Yeah, I traded Lucas Giolito for him. Uh, this is a uh, mixed labor where I lost O'Neill Cruz and Corey Seager in the span of three days. Uh, so Joe Sheehan just yeah. so kindly rescued me. Uh, you know, and you what know, a good awesome. friend. Yes, I see someone that needs a shortstop. Let's dangle the carrot. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a lightly used Jorge Mateo, as he said. Uh, and you know, the thing is, I had, you know, I've just got, I, I also have in, pitcher injuries too. I have a multitude of injuries, but I figure I got a better chance in finding help on the waiver wire with pitchers than I do with uh, fielders. So, and it's a, it's a stricter budget as far as labor goes in terms of the fab. It's a hundred, not a thousand. Um, there are no $0 bids. There's no trading of fab. You can make other trades. Uh, and, you know, so it's a lot less granular. 
I have to, you know, I, I have to be, I, I spent a little bit early trying to fill other holes. So now I kind of have to be a little circumspect, a lot of $1, $2 bids the rest of the way. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, uh, Giolito, of course, threw a shutout in his first start for Joe. Yeah, his last two starts have been good. Gio's, uh, he worried me early on, but he looks like he's starting to hopefully figure things out. Not for your sake, obviously, but in general. Mm. Actually, I hope so because I still have other shares of Giolito and yeah. I believed in him. I was talking him up. So, yeah, me too. I, you know, as much as I also want to do well in my leagues, I also want my advice to be right. And I think that's, I think that's really important. That's a, that was a great topic of conversation last week all over Twitter. Yes, it so was. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman started, wrote a really good article uh, talking about uh, how much, like, our role in the industry, does it affect our play? Um, yep. I'll ask you that question. How much do, do you feel like, does it hurt you or help you just being in this, uh, being a purveyor of fantasy baseball information? How does it help your play? Uh, I think it, I think it helps me because it makes me do more research on things to uh, more players, mm -hmm. more knowledgeable in, in that scenario. I'd rather like, I know James Anderson and others also came out and said it. I'd rather my listeners and followers benefit from my help more often than not, then obviously I want to win. I'm not saying I don't want to, but if I had to weigh the two options, I'm putting in all this work to help other people also. So I want to see them succeed. Mm -hmm. And that that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, I, I don't play in the main event. I play in some OCs and stuff. So I still have money on the, the table, obviously, but I don't have the thousands upon thousands that many do. So yeah, I want to win, but I want to help other people more. Yeah. Uh, and I, I said that I, I actually don't think people tail my picks that much. My, my, I, I think they listen to my advice, but my competitors in the main event, the NFBC, they, I mean, they, they've invested their money. They, I, I don't really think they're going to try to snipe my players so much as they're going to do the research themselves anyhow. 100%. 100%. Um, so I'm not really that worried. I think it hurts me in time, terms of time allocation towards my fab budget. Doing two sports, doing football hurts me. That, that's the big one. I dropped football a couple of years ago. Like I still do my golf, but that's like early in the week. You can kind of work around that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I dropped off football. Like I, I still play it. I love it. I don't do any content for it anymore. Yeah. I miss gaming golf, by the way. I wish we were still doing that, it's, but we just weren't getting enough. Fun. Listeners. It's, it's fun. I still play. I still do DFS golf, but I, I miss our little, our, our, our fun little podcast that we did. Uh, maybe next year we'll bring it back. I don't know. We'll see. See if I can convince the powers that be that do that there. But <laughs> Anywho, um, before before we uh, go on and talk a little bit more in terms of uh, buy highs and other news of the day, let's uh, take care of a little bit of business here. Uh, we've got two awesome sponsors in Rival Fantasy and uh, Vivid Seats. Let's go ahead and share their, their news here with us. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head -head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use code ROTOWIREMLB at signup and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival, protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a Rival today. Welcome to the arena. Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcasts are also sponsored by Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, every heart 
pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets and simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Pro reward tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the play to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Finally, we are on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right. Thank you for your indulgence and patience on that. Uh, pretty soon we won't be able to use vivid seats in Oakland, unfortunately. We news came down late last night, midnight. A midnight news drop. Oh, we have we we're fully committed to buy, building a stadium in Vegas, finding contract to build a stadium. Uh, from implication is the A's are moving to to uh, Vegas. This the DAC was stacked in my opinion here. I don't think I don't think Oakland ever had a chance. No, it, first off, it's the most A's ownership thing to do, drop it at midnight. Like, I woke up to the news on the West Coast. It just made me laugh, A's being A's, basically. It was never happening in Oakland. Like, they, the, the Jack London Square proposal was a beautiful stadium uh, on the water. It was probably the best deal they were going to get offered, and mm-hmm. they found a way not to do it. Like, even as much as I hate, many hate Rob Manfred, he even quasi-supported it. Well, not obviously fully supported the Jack London deal. The ownership just wanted nothing to do with it. It was going to Vegas the whole time. That's what they wanted. They finally did it. Um, it stinks. Like, you know, I, you got Jenstead and some other guys. I feel for them. Like, it's it's a it's a bad stadium. As a Giants fan, I remember Candlestick Park. That was a dump, too. But there's something about being your dump. That makes it a special yeah. place. And, um, like, it's just – you feel for the Ace fans. They were great fans, the 12 of them that show up every night. And um, it's not going to happen anymore. 
Yeah, and, and attendance was a problem, but this you know the thing is, I don't think the team put any money into the stadium either. It's oh, not or the team. Yeah. And they, they destroyed a playoff team, you know, right at the end of the lockout. Um, even before that, they were starting the destruction. Uh Reds and the A's at the same time. Good Scott and I just had a mutually assured destruction podcast, basically. Uh, unfortunately, it, it was awful. Um, but I, I do have to say it's just it's tough uh seeing this happen there and you know thing is the league is uh, complicit in this too there was a deal in place to go to san jose and instead the league said no we're going to preserve this for the giants this is their territory that's a pretty big territory san jose that's that's the single a team they have in san jose give me a break it's their territory (laughs) yeah uh and and san you know san jose itself is like at least an hour outside of san francisco come on at least at least yes the San Francisco general area can support two teams. No problem. Um, yeah. So very, dis- very disappointing to see that. Um, they, you know, on a day after where they promoted their top pitching prospect, Mason Miller, uh, did you get a chance to catch any of Miller's debut? I watched all the highlights. I listened to it on the radio watched the highlights, watched all the gifts that were breaking Twitter. Um, he's as electric as we thought he'd be. He lived up to the hype in that regard. Uh, yeah. it, it was great to see. I'm just the guy that's completely confused on the dude hasn't thrown innings. Uh, what are we doing here? I, I don't know what's going to take place fantasy wise with Mason Miller. Mm-hmm. He's going to go for a lot of money this week. And you and I both know that. Um, but I, I'm confused about that situation, but as a whole, he was awesome. And I'm looking forward to watching him next time. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I didn't get to see, like, I, I saw it the same way you did. I didn't get to see a lot of it contemporaneously. Uh, a guy that misses five months last year with shoulder problems though. I got to say my bids are going to be pretty tempered, especially for a, on a team that is not just bad, but they appear to be special bad. The bullpen yeah, is hideous. The offense is bad. They're not going to win games. Like they're, they have zero starting pitching wins so far this season. Zero in 18 games. So, and Miller might not go five innings in any game. So it's just like a, the, the list against him is very, the deck is stacked, as you would say. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I'll be very, I'll have keep him honest bids that will be keeping the keep him honest bids honest probably this week. I'm thinking no more than like 25 and a 12, no more than 50 and a 15. And that, that might be too much. Yeah, um, I'm with you because he's going to go for triple digits. And I, I hope, I hope he's great, but I don't right. know for how long. Right. It's the same problem that my Reds face. Uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. Yeah. I don't have them in the, the main event. I don't have them in, you know, much of, I have like maybe one share of Lodolo in the online championship. I love Lodolo, but, you know, you see like the Philly game where they blew the game for him was just frustrating as all hell. Uh, and then he got blown up by the Rays too. And, you know, he got yeah. left hang, hung out to dry. That was brutal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so tough, tough, tough break there as far as that goes. Uh, but anyway, I probably won't be wholly in on Mason Miller. Um, good luck to ever those that will. Uh, let's talk a little bit about a couple other things. There, there's a big item here today, and that's uh, Matt, that yesterday, and that was Max Scherzer. Uh, we saw him get ejected after, you know, they, he got examined coming out, coming back in with a different glove. They examined him again. And it turns out that he uh, had too much sticky stuff, and they ejected him. It's it's a sticky situation, as they oh, would say. Oh no, um, you didn't. <laughs> you did. That's okay. I, I feel I feel I felt dirty doing that on your show, but I had no, to. No, I appreciate uh, you. I'll do the Jack um, Nicholson nod thing here. All right, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like Scherzer. It's if there's one guy that 
I don't think would really ever cheat. Maybe I'm naive in this situation. It's Max Scherzer. If he says it's rosin, I believe him that it's rosin. Um, and that's a, a, a quote unquote thing they're all allowed to use. Like they're allowed to use rosin. We've known from the day they talked about this band that rosin and sweat form a sticky substance. He was pitching a day game. It was warm for California standards this time of year. Like he's going to be sweating out there. The rosin's going to form it. Um, they said it was stickier than any sticky substance we've ever seen. Okay, whatever. But even Max's post game was great. He's like, you'd have to basically be a complete idiot to come back out there with sticky stuff the second time, even if they told you the first time, like, go change your glove. He's like, why would I do that? They already let me off the hook. Why would I do it again? And that's 100% correct. You'd be a complete moron if you did that. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. All reports say it's basically inevitable. He can't fight the 10-game suspension because he got tossed. Once you get tossed, it's pretty much a done deal. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the other caveat, which you'll probably mention, is it's been Phil Cuzzy all three times. So yes. let's uh, let, let's look at that one as well. Maybe a little closer MLB. <laughs> well, God forbid we hope MLB does anything smart. But uh, that would be something to look at as well. So, yeah, it, it's a slippery slope. And Domingo Herman got away with, you know, everything the other day. So wash yeah. your hands, kids. Yeah. And so the thing is, and there was one part of the interview that was telling, and I, I it was highlighted. Uh, I think I want to, I, I said, I want, I said, I think I heard it on MLB network radio. Um, if it's not there, I apologize. But uh, he said that he washed his hands with rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Um, and that actually activates rosin in terms yeah. of the stickiness. So he almost, you know, he kind of told on himself in a way. Yeah. Well, they've come out and said, because that, that part was a good point you mentioned, because some other players um, off the record yesterday came out and said that a lot of starting pitchers are putting rubbing alcohol on the sides of their pants so they could rub their pants to then touch the rosin and make sticky substances. So, yeah, he basically let uh, the whole thing cat out of the bag in this scenario. Right. That's going to that's gonna make this even yeah, even worse. So um, he did tell on himself. I think it's almost – I could be totally wrong because maybe I'm just buying into Max Scherzer too much. Mm-hmm. But he seems so calculated in what he does that I almost think he's saying this to be like, hey, dummies, we figured you out already. Like, we're doing this, and all I had to do was wash my hands. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. But well, I could be wrong. And, you know, other substances, you use rubbing alcohol to clean, you know, clean but yeah. not with rosin. So yeah. – uh, Thought that was interesting. So he misses a two-start week next week too. That that's the thing that's kind of a killer for his fantasy managers. He goes three innings in this one. He would have drawn, uh, you know, two swap, two start against Washington at home, and then Atlanta, uh, which so one out of two ain't great. Uh, one ain't that's not bad. It's it's definitely not bad. But now they got to figure out, you know, who, who's going to step in. This is a team that's already down Carrasco. They're already down Verlander. Maybe Verlander comes back in the interim there. Maybe that's like kind of pushes the final push there because we still don't have a, a, a an official return date for verlander no and like the last i saw he was still kind of slow going his comeback they were thinking may so mm-hmm. this might not happen either so it might be like early may which would negate this situation as well so maybe yeah. cohen just says you know what screw it let's not wait till the deadline let's trade for shohei right now i'm just kidding yeah good I'd luck be, with that. I'd be, yeah that'd be a cohen move though I'm telling you what's what's the offer angels i'll i'll, I'll sweeten it for you yeah, um, I guess, I guess. But, you know, at the same time, like, yeah, you can't just, you know, I guess it, it'd have to be a hell of an offer, though. I mean, Brett yeah. Beatty, Alvarez, who else? Uh, everybody. No, yeah, be Beatty, Alvarez, Tossin, maybe one of their best farm pitchers. Um, it, it'd have to be a lot. It'll never happen. But it's a thing, like, I see it right. happening towards the, towards the trade deadline. 
this early is tough, but maybe he goes, you know what? We need someone. We need him now. Yeah. I guess L- L- Joey Lucchese, Lucchese is a guy that's going to be in that rotation, making his comeback after pretty lengthy absence. Yeah. And man, he's been around when he used to be the next best thing in San Diego. Then he got traded to Pittsburgh. Now he's in New York. You know, maybe one day it'll finally happen. I, I saw that comment earlier. <laughs> yeah. Mad bum to the Mets. Uh, as temperamental as Max Scherzer is, I don't think that would work out very well. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Well, let's let's is Mad Bum wash? Is he done? This pains me because as a Giants fan, I owe him so much gratitude. So right. much gratitude for what he did. He's never been the same since then. I think we can all realize that. I'm glad they didn't resign him. Um, I don't like the stick he keeps doing out there, like you know, yelling at Contreras yesterday and stuff. Like just pitch. You, you, you need to be a good pitcher to make comments like that. Let's put it right. Like exactly. Um, like you need to be able to back it up. I, I think he's washed for the fact his stuff's not what it used to be. So he needs to learn how to be a pitcher, not a thrower. He doesn't want to be a pitcher. And for that, I think he's washed. Yeah. He's had his moments with the diamondbacks, but this was kind of foretold. I mean, it was, it was yeah. never like, Oh yeah, they got, yeah. He got mad at him. He threw that weird kind of sort of no hitter against the Braves in the shortened game. Yeah. You know, that, that came out of the blue, but that was also like, it was a rain shortened game. Uh, yep. But yeah, for the most part, he's had a lot, a lot of bad outings mixed with the temporary bouts of uh, good starts there. Um, he hasn't been able to reinvent himself. And he, I don't think yeah. he's ever been the same since the dirt bike accident. Nope. No, he has not. Uh, he needed to pull a full Zach Granke but he didn't have the mindset to do that, unfortunately. So it was never going to happen. And um, for his sake, I hope he rides off into the sunset. I think he's too much of an egotistical maniac at this point in time to do that. So for fantasy purposes, let's hope he goes to Colorado or something and we can like stack against him once. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Although we can do it anywhere. Really? Yeah. True. He doesn't need the ballpark help. You're right. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. You know, he, you know, it's funny comparing him versus Clayton Kershaw, who's kind of had to reinvent himself too. He can only Kershaw only goes up to like 90, 91 right now. He throws more sliders than anything. Yep. Uh, and you know, it was brilliant the other day against the Mets. Amazing. Comparing those two, Amazing. I mean, it's just see like Kershaw is a different, you know, and ad- adaptation is not an easy skill. It's not an no. easy, you know, it's not an easy trait to have. No, it's becoming a pitcher. That's why I said like Bum doesn't want to. Kershaw did. You need to do like take the Glavin and Maddox formula. Those guys did not throw hard. They pitched. These older guys need to learn how to pitch while the young kids come up and throw gas. That's that's just the reality of the situation. And Bum Grinder was never going to do that. No, he wasn't. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're a Giants guy. Mad Bum's a former Giants guy. Let's talk about your Giants. Do we have to? I'm sorry, sorry, Bubba, but you know. It was a, it was a low key. It wasn't even low key. It was an awful off season for them. They thought they had Judge. Uh, they didn't even get Arson Judge. Uh, but they, you know, let alone Aaron Judge. They thought they had Correa. Then they decided they didn't. They they backed away from the table basically, spotting something. And that might, you know, history might prove them right as far as that goes. But it was so late in the game that there was no one else to go pick up, and they're left with Brandon Crawford and whatever he's got left in the tank at shortstop again this year. The they, aside from one weekend, one three day series in Chicago, I mean, they really haven't gotten a whole lot going here, uh, especially offensively. Well under five hundred uh, in a really tough division. How do they dig themselves out of this hole? They don't. Um, that's the way I, I guess is literally going to be a season where I hope they win like two games a week, maybe just to keep my interest a little longer. Mm-hmm. They, they're going. They they platoon themselves almost too much now. They get almost too cute with it. 
Um, it's the it's almost like a football metaphor. If you have two quarterbacks, do you have one? They have so many position players like that platoon. They actually have a set of nine players to take the field. It's it's a really con- confusing situation with them. Like you have Flores, you have JD Davis, who's playing well now, but just you know, be patient. Don't overdo that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they brought Darren Ruff back to take up bats away from young players. That's everything you need to know. That made me so angry when they did that. It's like, guys, we're going to stink. Play the young kids. No, let's get Darren Ruff and bat him third every game. Like, this is just ridiculous. Um, I just hope Yaz can do his thing, maybe get Conforto healthy and trade him. We still haven't even seen Hanniger yet. That's supposed to be like our big acquisition. Um, I love Byron I liked, it. I, I liked so. Hanniger at the time, but that was like in conjunction with other things. Yeah, and, that was like, oops, we missed on everything else. Let's go sign Hanniger. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Desclafani's pitching well. Uh, yeah, when healthy, he's great. Like, really yeah. good. But that's when healthy. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's not going to be like 2021 where they surprised everybody. Let's put it that way. It's going to be a lot more like 2022 and probably slightly worse. Did 2021 set the rebuild of this organization back? Yes, because they weren't nearly... They needed to be more sellers than buyers because when Farhan took over, they had a good, you know, core of young talent in place. And given the young talent hasn't paid off either. I tell this, I told the story before I was sitting at the AFL home run derby right next to James Anderson. And we were sitting there behind home plate. And I asked him, I said, be honest with me. Cause I think I know the answer, but you would be the guy to ask how bad is our farm system? Because three, four years ago, the Giants had one of the top five systems in baseball. Right. And James looks at me and goes, it's not good at all. I'm like, okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Like, like the Helio Matos and like all, Helio Ramos, I mean, he's back up, and he was supposed to be the next big outfielder. He's nothing. I've uh, got so yeah. many players that are a mess that they were supposed to be a part of the rebuild that didn't happen. So, yes, it's the long answer to your thing. is what happens. You got me talking Giants. You're going to get a yeah, lot yeah. of that's anger all right. out that's, of me. Um, pull the string. It, I just it, don't it, have to work. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it put them back because they, they bought in and they made a run. Like, they, it was really close to being fun, but – in reality, they needed to step back and be like, hey, we're like three or four pieces away. Let's keep the movement going towards those pieces, and then we can be something in like 2024 or 25 where I still don't think that's possible now. Yeah, I think it's it's not just that they made a run. It's the degree to which they did, too. I mean, winning so yeah. many games like that, uh, more than the Dodgers, for that matter. I mean, it, it, it diluted them a little bit. But, I mean, how can it not? I mean, how can you not think you're a contender when you win over 100 games? I mean – it's just how do you follow that up? And they have this money to spend. Money is not a problem for the Giants. It's just they couldn't get anybody to take their money. Yeah, and you nailed it. What angered me the most is the Correa thing. I wasn't the biggest Correa guy to begin with. But during that process of being tied up with Correa, they lost out on Rodon. That's looking good for now. But they lost out on Dansby Swanson. We need a shortstop. That would have been a great, great fallback if all else failed. And then a couple other players. It's just a trickle-down effect. And it just epitomized the entire offseason, which – Basically, when you have an offseason like that, when you're rebuilding, you literally set yourself back another year or two because you did nothing. You did nothing to help for the future. And right. it's just a, a bummer. And it's one of those, uh, we as fans, some fans that are kind of naive in the situation, they're saying they have to go get Shohei or it's all a failure. I'm like, Shohei's not going to fix the problem, guys. <laughs> it's just He's not, not going to happen. New either, by the way. Uh... No, he wants to win, and I don't blame him. Like, he needs to be in a big market to win. The Giants is a big market. Don't get me wrong. But he needs to win, and uh, SF ain't it. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, it's, they would need it. They would need to do another big sign before that. And that the show like, okay, we're announcing our presence with authority basically. Yes. Uh, it's not, it's not going to happen. Unfortunately. Yeah, we had such a beautiful free agent, a, a shortstop free agent market the last two years, and it's not going to be nearly as good this year. 
No, no, it's, we we had our chance, uh, and as Danny Green would say, we let him off the hook. So yeah. it's, it's it's over. Yeah. Now you, we are what they think they are, but uh, yeah. unfortunately. But okay, let's talk about a couple other issues going on. Shortstop Mookie Betts. He, you know, he's 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 on the paternity list for at least one more day. He's not going to play tonight against the Cubs. Well, wait, uh, wait, Jeff. We just got like about twenty minutes ago, when you're, or whenever you're doing your ads, I was looking at some news. He's on his way to the ballpark, and Dave Roberts oh, said really? if he gets there on. They said if he gets there on time, he will be put in the lineup. Oh, really? So it's like a. It might be a lot because there might be a rain delay to strip the to postpone the game. So it's. Uh, I can look for the report again, but uh, it was from one of the beat reporters from the Dodgers that Mookie Betts is on his way to the ballpark. He landed wow. in Chicago, and uh, he's going straight from the airport to Wrigley Field. So it's. Uh, we might get shortstop Mookie Betts on Thursday night. Wow. Um. The next question is, how much does that move the needle? Because Mookie Betts has not been Mookie Betts so far, especially hasn't hasn't doesn't have a stolen base yet. He has not been Mookie Betts so far. I am not worried about Mookie Betts not being Mookie Betts so far. Certain players, I think you can agree with that. You just kind of be like, okay, let's wait until at least May, a little bit. Like give these guys some time to get loose. Who knows? His wife just had a a, a child. Maybe there was something going on at home. Like there was some com- something we don't know about the complications or something that or just the had his mind elsewhere. Having it. You know, yeah, it, like it doesn't even have to be a complication. If, it, yeah, if you've ever had the, a kid, you just know it's like it's all the last appointments. Worked. She she's yeah. on edge because she's so close to the finish line. Like there's a million things that could be going on. And um, the other part is, as depleted as shortstop is, you can be like Mookie Betts is now shortstop eligible. That's tremendous. So yeah, uh, I, I'm not worried about Mookie Betts. I'll say I am worried about the stolen bases. Sprint speed has been declining the last couple of years. He's kind of at an age where, you know, you see this with center fielders a lot, where they hit like 29, 30, 31. They start to decline pretty quickly. Uh, and you start moving into the corner. Now, he was already in the corner. We we will put Mookie in the corner, uh, except we're going to yes, put him at second and short, to too. Mookie um, new baby. can go put it in the corner. Yeah. Um, Let's although, be fair, though. Not the speed that you mentioned, sorry, but he hasn't stolen more than 12 bases in three years. Like, I think we were already, if you're drafting him to be an, ex, like a, an amazing steals guy, I think you're kind of on the wrong page there. But I but guess what if he's a five atmosphere you're hoping for? Yeah, that's what if he's a five bag guy instead of a 10 bag guy, though? I mean, especially that, that, in this envi- environment, that's big. Yeah, that matters, it does matter. We're, we're clawing and fighting for every stolen base we can get. Um, sure. And, you know, it, you know, especially when a category is more uh, present, you have to get more of them. Uh, when it's scarce, you can get by with a little bit less. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm slightly concerned about him. Um, we'll see. I guess the other question I have though is the Dodgers just aren't stealing in general. I think I saw a stat the other day. They only have like three stolen bases or something. They're not running, and so I wonder if that's a philosophy thing or what. Because even Freddie Freeman used to steal a bag from time to time. You. Um, you know, they don't have Trey Turner anymore, of course. Muncie's not running, but you'd figure they'd have a few more bags by now. And they, they don't have anything. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to, yeah, it's not really a, a running lineup. There's Outman. No. Yeah. And maybe Trace. Maybe Trace. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, not much. You go around that diamond. You go around that diamond. Chris Taylor's supposed to run, but he can't get on base. So that doesn't really matter. He either strikes out or homers. That's the only two yeah. he does. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not a fast lineup. When? Did, how did this happen so fast? It's crazy. Yeah, 
yeah, it's well, and I, I say things and people think I'm just clowning on the Dodgers a lot because sometimes I am. But um, <laughs> you look at the team coming into the season and this ain't the Dodgers of the recent years. This is a different team that's going to have to fight a little more for wins. And the speed's a big part of it. Like, that's why Letty Trey Turner go, I thought was a, a vital mistake on their part. Like that they needed him to start the top of that lineup for all the power bats behind it. That was a big, big mistake, I thought. I agree. And it's the, it's the depth isn't there that they've had in other years. They lose a player or two. Okay. It's fine. You know, funny thing is WRC plus they're still four, fifth in baseball at one fourteen. Yep. but you know, it's like peaks and valleys. It seems like with them, they, there's not that consistency Definitely. and their pitching's not matching it. I mean, they've had, they've struggled in the bullpen. They've also been a little bit overworked. They've had, and the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation have been a problem. Uh, Michael Grove uh, was not ready. Um, yep. You know, he, he's, he was overmatched. Uh, you know, getting Gonsolin back someday, eventually, will be nice. But he keeps having setbacks. He keeps getting pushed back. Uh, kind of like Berlander we were talking about earlier. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely taking a the long way to get to the season. It's also postponing us getting to see Gavin Stone, who we'd all like to see. So yep. it's just a, a trickle-down effect right now. Yeah, I was on VEASAN at the start of the season with over-under win totals. And I did go take I, I did advocate for the under a 96 and a half. Um it's a long season. They could go on a tear any moment now, but Definitely. they have they don't look the part right now. I'll say that. They don't look like a team that's going to put together like 12, 13 in a row like they had in the past. They'll put some like five and sixes maybe, but those big ones, I don't I don't see it coming. Yeah, uh, I don't either. Um, and they, they've had trouble getting games to Evan Phillips. They want Evan Phillips to close, but you know, you know, they've had they've had trouble getting other reliable people. We haven't seen, for instance, you know, you know, Shelby Miller's been solid. Uh, I know we have a, a regular listener, Uncle Ted, who is regularly advocating for Shelby Miller to close. I think he's walks walks too many guys to be a closer, yeah. but uh, nonetheless, um, you know, they, they just not a lot of other pitchers like you know, Vessi is having a terrible season so yeah. far. He's supposed to be a big lefty force for them. Gratterall's been okay, but not great by any means. Mm-hmm. Hudson, he was supposed to be back by now. It felt like he's not even close, it looks like. So, yeah. yeah, it's just like a lot of the pieces that were supposed to be there for this Dodgers run, they're just not there. So, I don't know. I'm not I'm not worried about them. I still think they probably win the West just because they are that good. But uh, San Diego's going to be a tough tough out, too. Yeah, uh, that's true. We have a couple homers already in the night slate here. Uh, C.J. Crone is homered against the Phillies. And Connor Joe. Doesn't need to be in Coors Field to homer still. He's he's still homered off of Jared Weaver. I, this is my shock face uh, yeah. that Jared Weaver has given up a three run bomb. Uh, but uh, you know, First start it, back from the IL. Thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah, well, I, I think he's if you if you rostered him, you're just you're wish casting. You're not you're not forecasting. And he just gave up another homer while we speak. Um, <laughs> trying to see who that is. Is that uh, just Jack Sawinski? Probably. Yep, yep. It is Sawinski. If it's after Joe, it's Sawinski. So that's who it is. Fifth homer of the year for Sawinski. So, uh, you know, Pirates still rolling. Sneaky, sneaky team. Sneaky team. If they could get that pitching to keep throwing the way they are, which is a big if because it's a lot of young arms. But that offense is sneakier than you think. Yeah, uh, it is. Andrew McCutcheon is having a hell of a season, start to the season yes. there. I love this. K rate has gone way down. He's, he's stealing bases, he's hitting for power. He's found this elixir, this this fountain of youth. He's playing with youth. He's having fun. God forbid someone has fun playing baseball and then things just start clicking a little bit. Like it's, yeah. it's amazing how that works. Yeah, there was you know there was not a whole lot of optimism about the Pirates going for you know going into the season. There still isn't a ton of optimism for the Pirates going forward. I think. I mean, you you look at the names and you know the names don't impress. The performance has so far, but yeah. Uh, 
I'm curious to see what they do next. Well, the problem is, is that they feel like uh, they should be in the, the remakes of Major League. They should do the Pirates. <laughs> um, that's kind of what it feels like because this is the moment they're going about to be good, and the owner comes in and just trades Brian Reynolds and then trades someone else to just completely derail the entire run of good fortune in Pittsburgh. And that's what I'm afraid of. They're actually going to put together because that central, as much as we love, like you know, St. Louis and Milwaukee with the extra wild card spots, Pittsburgh could make it kind of interesting. I'm not saying they're going to, but they could make it interesting. And that, and I, and I know it's a balanced schedule now too, so that changes a lot of things. But I think they can fight enough to be like. 500 10 games over 500 and that could sneak you into a wild card game i feel like they're going to be relevant in the wild card chase until like august and they'll start yeah. to fade a little bit and i think it's the pitching uh that'll hold 100%. them back uh but and, and there'll be like that push at, at trade deadline should they trade for a starter should they you know instead of trading bednar should we trade for a pitcher you know that could be uh a little bit a little bit something something to watch there um News item here. This is not good. Yeah, um, BZA, RZA, GZA was talking about Logan O'Hoppy hurting himself swinging with his yep. shoulder. So this is the second time this week uh, that that's yeah, happened. That's the first problem. time happened on Monday. Yeah, it came back, got an RBI single, seemed fine. And that's if you search Logan O'Hoppy's name on Twitter, it's all over the place now. This stinks. I'm a big O'Hoppy fan. I have a lot of shares of O'Hoppy. Um, this reminds me of Tatis all over again. And we yeah. know how well that works. And he's a catcher to top it off. That's kind of tough to catch with a shoulder like that, too. That is tough. And the Angels, they really – they can't afford any setbacks like this at all. You know, we've heard – you know, the, the drumbeat gets louder that Otani's gone at the end of the year. Otani's gone. We talked about this earlier. If they win, that could change things up a little bit. It's been a tough week for them. They struggled in Boston this week. Now they're in New York and not winning. Two franchises that might be bidding for Otani's services, by the way, uh, in the uh, in the offseason. So, ugh. Brutal, brutal news there. We'll That's see that one. one. Yeah. Yeah, too many injuries, Jeff. This is like this, – this seems like crazy. I know it's probably not that crazy. Like Derek Rhodes will probably come out with a stat saying we're almost in line with previous seasons. But right. it just seems like so many like fantasy-relevant players just keep going down with not like nickel and dime injuries. These are like big injuries that um, are not, not fun right now. No, um, not at all. It, it's really rough. Uh, yeah, I – there's not much more I can say about that. So Kenta Maeda go down tonight uh, to, or today during the day game there. Got hit by a rocket right up the middle off his ankle. Made the play and then needed – it was down in like agony for a few minutes. Got helped off the field, came out of the game. X-rays on his ankle after the game were negative. Yep. And he says it's not even that bad. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's see the swelling tomorrow morning. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the that tricky goes. part there. Um. Yep. Every time Maeda's on the mound, it's like, oh, where's the bubble wrap? You know, let's. I oh, that's how I felt today because, you know, they pushed him back. He's been throw, showing the good swing and strike rates and everything. The whole Minnesota team, it's like an exercise in, hey, we got good coaching. See what we can do. Um, and I was just like thinking in my head, okay, they pushed him back. Please just strike guys out again. First couple innings, he wasn't even getting a lot of swing and misses. And then he takes one off the shin. I'm like, well, at least it was his shin. I thought someone was going to say his, you know, forearm was busted or something. So yeah. let's just hope for the little things. Yeah, uh, I I have one main event share of uh, Maeda. We'll see if that if uh, how that holds out because the rest of the Minnesota pitching has been excellent. The you know the whole staff is good. Their, their bullpen's good. Not today. Uh, not Emilio Pagan. Uh, he needs to be DFA'd. He's no good. But uh, a lot of that bullpen's great. Rotation's great. They've got like Bailey Ober just waiting to Sitting get the there. call. Yep. Yeah, it's like an Arizona conundrum. 
They just have these pitchers waiting to get the call. Where's did they forget the phone number on how to get these guys up, or, or how are we doing this? Well, especially because fought Brandon fought's on the same schedule as Mad Bum, essentially, and they called he, he's up. A day, uh, he's a day off. The general manager legit came out about two hours ago and said, "Well, it was his schedule didn't line up uh, well in Reno, so we decided to go a different direction." That's such a lie. He, yeah, you could have pushed the start back. He could have done a million things. Like, give me a break. Yeah, that that's so it, that was so bad, just so yeah. bad. But uh, yeah, okay, he, he's pit, You know, if he would have pitched yesterday, it would have been fine. No, come on. Yeah. Now I yeah. there could be a baseball reason, I, but if if it's really a service time thing, I'm I'm gonna be so angry because Arizona's got so many other fun young guys. They're in freaking first place right now. I'm about to say now, they have a team that can battle if you just keep the train rolling, don't let it derail that quickly. Uh, yeah, it's frustrating, very frustrating. Yeah. Let's finish with some good news. Uh, this is uh, I saw this in the chat, but I also saw it online before we started. Liam mm-hmm. Hendricks is cancer-free. Uh, yep. So that means he, he it's time to rehab in full furbish now. Uh, for real with him, you know, White Sox need any pitching help they can get. Back end, front end, you name it, they could use it. Uh, plus, it's just it's, it's a good story. You want to see him do well. He, you know, he's a guy that does well in the community as well. Not that that makes you know. I, I I'd root for anybody to beat cancer, but I definitely want Liam. I'm very happy that Liam Hendricks has beaten cancer so far. Hundred percent. It's great news. Like we've been kind of following. He's you know did a video when he rang the bell for his last cancer treatment mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. And every time he's done any kind of video or anything, he looks in shape still like he's not just because and i say this because i know some people that, we all know people have been affected by cancer but um like when you go through the, the treatments he goes through you usually kind of get a little more frail and yeah. um liam did not look frail at all and i know lance lynn is one of his like best friends and he's come out and said liam's still throwing like he's not throwing on a mound but he's like playing catch he's keeping his arm like in shape on the side yeah. and uh again i'm a, i try to be optimistic in life i wouldn't be shocked if it's like four months four weeks and like so let's say I'll say June 1st to maybe keep it on a realm. We could see Liam at least in a rehab outing by June 1st, if not maybe slightly sooner. Because he's a reliever. He's not a starter. He doesn't be fully like stretched out. So exactly. this could be a, an interesting scenario where, like you said, they need help back there. As much as we love Ronaldo Lopez closing games out and all these things, pretty sure we'd all appreciate Liam Hendricks coming back and getting the job done. So, yeah, it looks pretty good. Thought We thought that we'd love seeing Ronaldo Lopez back there. It had the – the idea of Reynaldo Lopez back there has been awesome. better than the practice of Reynaldo Lopez. It was back a great, great idea at the time. Yeah, it was a great spring training. We all had a great, a yeah. lot of fun looking at prorating his two th- his relief stats from 2022 and putting in a closer role, and then saying, "Oh wait, that's a straight fastball." Oh, <laughs> oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been tough with the uh, closers. Anyhow, I mean, you just look oh, at all like, over the clo- starters. You pick a pitcher, we can tell you the problem. So yeah, yeah. it's it's been a rough one, rough one for sure. Ryan Presley still looking for that first save. You know, always great when you have your top closer guy because you know that's you're spending a fourth or fifth round pick on a on a closer. You need him to be Jordan Romano out there. You don't, you know, but it's all about the luck of when you the get the team, save opportunities. It's the team, and it goes back to like you know Jason Collette was the Pete Fairbanks guy for obvious reasons, and Fairbanks still been great. But there's not a lot of save chances when your team's winning by ten runs a game. It feels like so he, he's limited on saves. And then you have the the, the Angel situation. Estevez is technically the closer, but he's always getting overworked. Needs a day off the day they get a chance to save. So Quijada's been getting the saves. It's all over the board with like certain teams right now. He's the master of getting work and protecting a four run lead two days exactly. in a row. Yeah, really good at saving fun. those. Yeah, we even saw Fairbanks in a ten nothing game yesterday. I think uh, because he needed to get work and was really he was rusty. You could tell he didn't have the control. 
It's crazy. It's crazy how um, – what is – well, that's a whole other podcast, but pit, closers in non-save situations. I know it's a mentality, but my goodness, it's like a res- – yeah. you'd never want to see it. You'd never, ever want to see it. Oh, it's painful. You know, it's one thing, like, if it's a tie game or it's finishing a game when there's – like, when there's a four-run lead, okay, fine. But when it's, like, seven runs and it's just, yeah. oh, he's got to get work, you, know, you just – Nothing good is going to come from this, you know. You or they're your, trailing. Go to, your, go to your live betting station. Take the over on whatever's out there right now because runs are going to get scored here very soon. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then inevitably, there's a save opportunity the next day. Almost yep. always. Yep. Never fails. Indeed. All right. On that happy note, we'll close up shop today. Bubba, always a pleasure. Always a joy talking with you. Thanks for coming on board today. What do you got in store? Uh, just the, uh, the usuals. I got multiple things daily. I got Bubba and the Bloom recording Thursday night. Um, so check that out. Myself and Ryan Bloomfield, good friend of all of ours. And um, just lots of content uh, all over the place. So check me out on Twitter at BDNTREK, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. And you'll get all the goodies over there. All right. Very good. Uh, check out uh, everything there. Just check him out on Twitter and see all of his podcasts. And I look forward to seeing you in person in November. Yep. It's going to be great. We've already started uh, planning Dobson Ranch Part 2. So it's going to awesome. be a blast. Looking forward yeah. to it. All right. All right. That's going to wrap up today's pod. Uh, big thanks to everybody chiming in in the chat. Uh, really good stuff there. Thank you for all your input there. Thanks to Re- Rival Fantasy and Vivid Seats uh, for their sponsorship. We've got Clay and Todd with two start starters tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.